The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Irish medical negligence legal costs are among the highest in the world and the delay with cases is damaging the well-being of patients and doctors. That's according to a new report by the Medical Protection Society. I'm joined now by Scarlett O'Sullivan, Senior Associate and Solicitor with Callan Tanzi, who works with medical negligence cases. Scarlett, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, we're top of the list. Why is that so? Is it that more people are litigious in Ireland? You know, the way you can sue the county council if you trip on a crack in the pavement in this jurisdiction, whereas in other jurisdictions they say, why don't you just be more careful? No, I I don't think so. I don't think that we're more litigious when it comes to medical negligence actions, but there is significant delays in actually getting cases on for trial and for hearing. So I think we need to look at the actual legal system and how claims are handled. For example, from the outstart, you know, um, for claims, it can take several months to actually get the medical records. And even if, for example, if I was to have a case ready for hearing today and I was to apply in the High Court for a hearing date, a date wouldn't be available for up to 12 months. So that already adds at least 18 to, to oh, two okay, years. So to if, if you're ready to go date. today, yeah. You'd, you'd have to wait a year for a date to, to make your initial submissions in court. Exactly, which was, I totally appreciate it could be traumatic for doctors, but can you imagine what that delay is like for patients, especially patients who are critically ill, mm. who maybe don't have much time to live? If no. you look at the cervical uh, patients, sure. uh, that, that, you know, the, the clock or, may be running out. and uh, Absolutely, uh, or cerebral palsy children, you know, where early intervention is key and time is detrimental yeah. to their development and now, well-being. You mentioned also the business of access to medical records. Um, yes. Is that deliberate obstruction, do you believe, or does it, does, does it just take that long? I, I think COVID didn't help. I think um, everybody has found that there's been a huge backlog in getting uh, medical records. Um, sometimes uh, the, <laughs> the cynic in me might question the delay, um, you know, and as to why is it this is this a tactic? But I think also admin staff are under a huge amount of pressure at the moment um, and COVID certainly didn't help that. And maybe that's, uh, you know, an area that mm. the department might need to look at. Uh, one of the aspects of this is that in many litigations, uh, people just get browned off and worn out and they just drop it. Uh, certainly, yeah. you know, people say sue a newspaper and they it's going to take a year, two years or whatever. And eventually, because the process is deliberately perhaps drawn out, people just say, oh, it's not worth the bother. I've got over the, the effect of this. Uh, I'll just lick my wounds and depart. Does that happen a lot in med- medical negligence cases where it, it can, it people just give up? Can. It can happen, and uh, sorry to interrupt you. It can happen, and it does happen. And also, equally, no, no, nobody wants to have to go down the lit- litigious adversarial route, um, and not everybody does. Um, not everyone, where a wrong has been done or has a medical malpractice suit, has the courage or even the financial backing to go ahead with it. So it's it's a very it's, it's the adversarial system is very difficult for patients and Calentanzi for some time have been advocate, advocating for a duty of candor, which means that you know med, medics are open with patients when something goes wrong from the get go. Um, nobody wants long protracted litigation. Um, it's not good for patients. It's yeah. not. But good isn't for there an issue staff. where uh, people don't want to come out with their hands up because uh, then, uh, well, yeah. the insurance company may say, "Don't do that," uh, because you're just uh, admitting everything. We've got a cough up on your behalf. 
Um, is that, again, a tactic used by both the participants and by the insurers uh, to avoid accepting blame because of the consequential damages? I think it is, but unfortunately, a deny and defend culture doesn't really help the situation. Indeed, there was a research study in Chicago, which demonstrated that mandatory open disclosure radically reduced litigation. A lot of patients who come in are actually trying to find out what went wrong or did something go wrong. And I think if there was more open disclosure and communication with patients, it would reduce litigation significantly and ultimately reduce costs. Um, Again, getting open disclosure, um, sometimes it's hard to get at the truth. You know, what happened in the A&E department, uh, you've got person A saying this happened, person B saying it didn't happen or whatever. How do you ensure that this candour is truly candid? Well, I think... I, I, th- I think it's... <laughs> I think the facts are there and they speak for themselves. That's where the records come in. And ultimately, you know, it's for the medical staff who are treating the patient. You know, they, they need to be honest. And I, th- I think it's very hard on them. I think they're doing their best in a very broken health system. And if the duty of candor or open disclosure was there for staff, it would be, they, they would be, have the comfort of knowing that they can complain and say, look, this is what happened. This is, this, the system is broken. This shouldn't have happened. The error is here, whether it's to do with, yeah, but are, are doctors and, and no, nurses... No, but I think from the point of view then of actually trying to rectify the issues within, for example, a hospital, yeah, it would be more, it would be more pragmatic as opposed to reactive mm. um, and deny and defend. When you take legal action, I mean, who are the parties involved? Uh, like, will action be taken against individual doctors or, or nurses or whatever other medical practitioners? Will it be taken against the hospital Will it be taken against the GP? Will it be taken against the HSE? Or indeed, will the action be launched against all? It, it depends on the circumstances of the case. So say, for example, if the if the patient was a public patient attending a HSE public hospital, the defendant would be the HSE. Um, but if the patient was attending as a private patient um, it, and attending a private consultant, uh, you would be citing the name of the private consultant. Okay. So it depends on the facts of the case. Now, the, the, the question is then, for ordinary people who are working in a HSE hospital, for example, will they come under pressure uh, from their employers uh, not to admit to anything? I think that if the supports are in place for the staff, and if we look um, across to America, where Chicago and Michigan, where the duty of candour and open disclosure is mandatory and has been trialled, it's been very successful. You know, you know what I mean? It's reduced litigation and it's also helped try and, you know, solve the problems within the health system. So it's more of a problem solving mechanism, if you understand what I mean as well, because yeah. they, the, the doctors or the medical staff are coming to them before the lawyers, if you understand what I mean, and saying, listen, I've messed up or there's a problem here. OK, they then notify the patient, let them know that there's full and open disclosure that something has gone wrong. And there's that open communication with the patient. And then on a second level, then the the hospital management are then trying to rectify the wrong so that the same wrong doesn't happen to another patient. Yeah. So it sounds like a much more logical 
road to take yeah, Scarlett, than the one that we're on at the moment. Why is it in uh, situations in Ireland which go to court and there may be a settlement on the steps of the court or it may actually go through a court process that you'll hear that the defendants in the action uh, may apologise and a settlement may be paid but they will not accept responsibility. What's that all about? I think a lot of it comes down to the advice that they're receiving perhaps from their insurers or their legal team. I know uh, personally in dealing with a lot of patients, that's the hardest uh, pill to swallow. And they've maybe waited five or six years for an, an acknowledgement of the wrong and an apology and for the, the 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 hospital authority to take responsibility for the wrong that has occurred. And the admission of liability is what they want more than anything. Um, it's it, it's And it's very, very difficult for for, for patients to, to to get to the court the steps of the four courts as it were and um, not to actually receive that yeah because uh, you've mentioned it already but it does seem to be uh, an unconscionable cruelty that's added to the initial offense to Absolutely. drag people through this process yes and like I said already like previously people want answers number one they're not in it for compensation. Any, any patient who you speak to would say if they could give the compensation back and be back to where they were before all of this happened, that's the route that they would take. Compensation will never, will never, um, you know, um, make things right for them, especially when you're looking at, you know, um, catastrophic injuries or anything yeah. like that. But a, 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 anybody, it, it's it's a very cruel process to be in. Yeah, uh, and there's got um, to be a better way. Uh, this text, there has to be a better way. My grandmother was paralysed by a spinal operation that went wrong. We initiated legal action and had to go to the UK for expert reports. And it took 18 months to get the medical records. In the end, we were advised that we would be liable for HSE legal costs and it could cost over a quarter of a million euro, and my grandmother could lose her home. So we dropped it. All we wanted was liability so her house could be retrofitted and care provided for her. She ended up spending years in a nursing home in otherwise full health and with her uh, faculties intact. Uh, it was an awful situation for her. And those are the, the hard cases. I mean, there is another approach, which is that whether, uh, you know, the... Uh, say the birth of a child which leads to difficulties for that child whether it was an accident in a hospital um, whether it was you know malpractice in some way or whether it was just something that happened in nature that if the state could guarantee the care that that child needed for the rest of its life however long that might be that a lot of this litigation would fall away Yes, that, that that is true. And I think, you know, all of us as a parent myself, you know, if I, my child is unwell and I go to A&E, I want to, I want the comfort of knowing that the medical system there is safe and my child is going to be looked after and cared for appropriately. I think there is a broken health system at the moment. If you look at the University Hospital Limerick, the consultants have been crying out for years for some intervention in the emergency department. Uh, you know, I, I, the supports just don't seem to be in place. We have an aging population. Um, we seem to have invested a lot in middle management in hospitals and staff morale is at an all-time low. I know that from f- friends and family members who are employed with the HSC. It's a very difficult place to work. Um, there's no That's beyond doubt. The supports aren't there. Um, and I think we need to maybe look, you know, nobody would deny that if litigation costs could be invested in our health system, yeah. Everybody would support that. And, you know, 
it's 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 devastating. I think at the moment, you know, uh, we're uh, certainly a new approach is called for, and this new report uh, from the Medical Protection Society illustrates just uh, how badly our system is currently working. Scarlett O'Sullivan, senior associate and solicitor with Callan Tanzi, uh, who works with medical negligence cases. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. On News Talk.